Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our weekly Bible study for September 2nd, 2007. And today we're going to do the first part of our study. We're going to get a little bit further into the National ID card and the Mark of the Beast. Uh, Some clarification points from my last teaching. And I had an email recently from a man in Australia. And I'm going to go ahead and read that email to you. So you can kind of understand what his questions were. And then we're going to get into the answer session after that. So this is an, uh, he writes me, Dear Scott, we are in Adelaide, Australia, and are letting you know that the government here is bringing out the smart card, which is like the ID card that your government is trying, um, trying to make you have. I believe that is the first step to the mark of the beast. Look carefully in your King James Bible at Revelation 13, 17. There are three categories in Revelation 13, 17 regarding the mark of the beast. The mark in the right hand or in the forehead, the name of the beast and the number of his name. Do you see it, brother? I may be wrong, but just remember, it never says that everyone will get the mark all at once. Satan always does things gradually. Here in Adelaide, Australia, if we don't take the smart card, we cannot get government assistance. Or my mother cannot get her pension. Sound familiar? I don't want to take the risk. I could be wrong. But then again, I might not be... But then again, I might not be... Sometimes they write it differently than we would say it. I might not be... Remember, Satan is the master deceiver. When you're looking for one thing, he's doing something else to deceive you. Let me know if you're taking the ID card. Remember, I believe it is the three things that we just mentioned above. This means that the mark or something else like that or the name of the mark or the number of his name. There will definitely be a number on your ID card. Just look for it. Let me know uh, what you think, your brother in Jesus Christ, Jeff. Okay, so I wrote back to this man and I said to him, I think when dealing with the subject, it's important to look at all the verses in Revelation that relate to the mark. This is rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so we're looking at we're not just going to look at it where it's just mentioned one time. Okay, we're going to look at all the verses in Revelation that deal with the mark of the beast. Okay, and there's several, as you're, as you're going to see. Revelation 13, 16, and 13, 17. So Revelation 13, 16, and 13, 17 says, And he, meaning the Antichrist, causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their foreheads. Now, the King James Bible is the only one that renders this in. The other versions, the, the false versions that came from the Revised Version of 1881, the Westcott and Hort, um, essentially the Catholic Bible that they converted into the Revised Version of 1881, which spawned all the other modern-day translations beside the King James Bible, all render that verse on the hand. Okay, The King James Bible renders it in. This is why it's so important to make sure what Bible you're reading is the correct Bible. Because one little word changed might mean the difference between you going to heaven or hell. That's how important this particular subject is. Um, I mean, let's say, worst case scenario, you're during the tribulation and you have a false Bible. It says, well, yeah, but it says on in my Bible, so it's got to be some kind of just purely a tattoo. It's not in. You know, and you see where I'm going with this. So, then it says in verse 17, And that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or 
the number of his name. Now this is where the confusion um, that this man mentioned kind of comes in here. So in other words, it could be kind of like an, he's thinking maybe it could be an either or thing. But we really need to look at all the, all the verses in Revelation to determine, you know, if that could be the case. So, remember, this is the Antichrist. It says, He causeth all, both small and great, free, uh, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in the forehead. So it's in the right hand or in the forehead. It's the Antichrist that's basically doing this, implementing this. And we know it's during the tribulation, the seven year tribulation. We're not in the seven year tribulation right now. Okay, the Antichrist has not came to power yet, and so there are certain criteria that have to be in place for the mark to be official, as far as this goes. Now, I don't advise taking the national ID card. I don't advise getting any kind of microchip in your hand or in your body at all. Period. Okay, I'm not advocating that. I just want to make sure that we're clear on exactly. From a biblical standpoint and within the biblical parameters, when does the mark of the beast, when is it implemented? Okay. Yes, I think it's definitely one air on the side of safety. Don't take any microchip. Um, it, I, I wouldn't advise the National ID card, um, and we're going to get into the National ID card in a second here. Revelation 14.9 says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, Revelation 14.9, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. And again, this is the King James Bible clarifying where is the mark going to be. It's going to be in. Okay? So, the, the two big criteria so far in regard to um, one other thing that's really, really connected with the mark of the beast is that a man will actually worship the beast in his image. Okay, and we're going to see that elaborated over and over again. Revelation 14.11, a couple more verses ahead. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So it's a remark you receive, and the mark is going to be associated with the name, okay, the name of the beast. So when we go back to Revelation 13, 17, I believe the mark is going to be associated with the name of the beast and the number of his name. It's going to be encompassed within the mark that you will receive in the right hand or the forehead. So we go then to Revelation 15, 2, and it says, And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. So there's a lot of things that are very much connected uh, with the mark. Okay. Let's go a little bit further. Revelation 16.2 And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark. This is something you're going to possess. You have it. Okay. So we have the mark, and upon them which worship the image. So again, we see here two things connected. Uh, one thing connected with the mark of the beast is going to be a worshiping of his image. When you receive this mark, you talk about mass demon possession. 
Well, don't think you're just going to receive the mark and it's just going to be this little microchip in your hand or in your forehead. There's going to be a demonic spiritual component that takes place when you receive that mark. Guaranteed. And that's hard for a lot of times Christians to comprehend, but when the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness, when you think about like the, uh, the maniac Ganoderma that Jesus dealt with, and these people that were demon-possessed, this mark is going to be like mass demon possession in addition to a device in your hand. Now, whether there's actually going to be... Um, this mark, they're going to be able to track you. It's going to, the, the implantable microchips have an electrical component with them. It's well known. The, the very chip that um, the company over in um, Fort Lauderdale, Digital Angel, they're going to have the technology, and they already do have the technology, that if they implant you with something, it can affect your thought patterns. They can actually do this already. And guaranteed, the mark is probably going to be all that on steroids. Okay, so it's going to be even more so. So this is something to also think about in regard to taking the mark of the beast. Revelation 19.20 says, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. Now notice the false prophet's going to wrought miracles. Well, doesn't, doesn't the Bible say that Satan's going to come with all lying signs and wonders? And then Jesus keeps saying over and over again, Be not deceived, be not deceived in regard to the end times. And then there's going to be many antichrists, you know, that are going to do great signs and wonders and, and deceive many. And then if it were even possible, even the very elect would be deceived. Well, this is one of the ways they're going to deceive us. It's through miracles. Oh, I wonder if this might relate to this big miracle stuff that's going on with all the, the Pentecostal churches and the Catholics and things of this nature when they go and they pray to the icons and the, the vision of Fatima and all this other stuff and people get healed. We're going to talk about this today, about, about demonic healing. And I've, I've mentioned this before. There's, they have um, uh, rock concerts, it's particularly the really, really demonic rock concerts. I've heard them having what they call satanic altar calls, where they say, where people come and they're in wheelchairs. This has been going on for years at these at the really, really satanic rock concerts, and I'll actually have a satanic altar call where they'll say, come on, and give, give your heart to Satan. And many people get healed. That's hard to explain. But the Bible says right here that the false prophet's going to work many miracles and the Antichrist is going to come with all lying signs and wonders. A lot of people are going to get healed. Well, how do you explain that? Because so, somebody came up to me who's in the world and says, well, how do you explain? See, my God's more real than yours. I got healed and, and, and your God never healed me. Think about this. If, if whatever they're suffering from is purely demonic, which there's probably a good likelihood of that. Um, in the Bible, Jesus healed people that were suffering from physical afflictions by casting out demons. Not every single time. I'm not saying if you got your eye poked out, that's totally... But I'm talking about something that actually is... Like, for instance, when the one man was having um, the seizures. Okay? Casting out an evil spirit, he doesn't have the seizures anymore. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places. So, we're in this spiritual battle that we can't see. And there's demonic baggage that, that pretty much all of us are dealing with. Now, I'm not saying born-again Christians are walking around demon-possessed. But I'm saying that he's our adversary that roameth like a, a, a roaring lion, seeking who may devour. Even Paul had a thorn in the flesh. 
Okay, that he sought God three times and God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. So there's a demonic battle that's taking place in our life and we can have and be dealing with these demonic components. If Satan can come along and get you basically to sell you your soul by basically saying, okay, let's say you have an affliction and that affliction is of a demonic nature. Okay, Maybe it's a generational curse. The Bible says the sins of the forefather are carried to the third and fourth generation. Maybe it's because you had sin in your life. Maybe you had open doors. Maybe your parents uh, participated in um, witchcraft or your ancestors did. And maybe it's opened you up to something where you're suffering from. Satan, knowing all this and seeing in the spiritual world, can come along and say, Well, hey, if I can get this guy to bow down and worship me and basically serve me and sell his soul to me or whatever, whatever the deal is, and all I have to do is call the dogs off for a little while and make him think he got healed, why wouldn't he do that? If he could get you for eternity just by basically saying, okay, whatever demon of, of infirmity, just back off for now. Don't even afflict this guy. Let him think he's healed so that, so that he'll give his life to me because it's going to seem way more real because I healed him Alright, I didn't actually heal him. I just kind of had this demonic entity back off for a time. It's going to seem way more real to that person than anything that the God of the universe ever did. Even though the sun comes up and we have breath in our lungs and there's this whole world that we live in that cannot be explained any other way other than there was a, uh, a creator that created it. That's not good enough for them. They want, they want to actually have... They want to see the table lift off the ground. They want to see some big miracle. And the Bible says, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but no sign shall be given unto you but the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, so that was basically the main sign Jesus gave to the Jews. So, I, it's just something to think about because... This is what we're going to be talking about today. A lot of these lying signs and wonders and how they're deceiving humanity. You turn on the TV now, and if you get like all these channels like um, uh, Discovery Channel, and the Learning Channel, and the History Channel, and the National Geographic Explorer, and Court TV, and a lot of these channels, and I'm not, I'm not advising going up there and watching a whole bunch of TV or anything like that. I'm not advising that. But I'm saying that from my perspective, what they're really emphasizing on these types of channels are the discreditation of Jesus Christ. I mean, they are trying everything they can to discredit Jesus Christ. The Gospel of Judas. The, the Epistle of Barnabas. Oh, we found new archaeological evidence to disprove Jesus. Oh, we found the tomb of Jesus and we even found his bones. You can just throw your Bible out the door if you believe any of that. Let God be true and every man a liar. So this is what we're dealing with on there. And then, and then what's the other side? The other side is psychic detectives. All the ghost story shows. And all these shows where they go in and they have these psychic mediums go into these shows or these houses and stuff. And they talk with the dearly departed spirits. They reason with them and handle the problem. And we're going to talk about this much more in the second part of this particular lesson. But it's all a lie from the pit of hell. Because the messages that are always being sent through these shows are essentially that, well, you know, if we die, we, we have the choice if we want to wander the earth. And we have, if we have unfinished business here, when we die, we wander the earth until we kind of get it right. And there's really no heaven or hell. There's no judgment. There's no none of that. 
So we know this is a lying, deceitful spirit that's behind all this, but it's deceiving humanity. And and the thing is, is why this is a double-edged sword is because you go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and it says that God will send the strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. So this is, unfortunately, God's permitting it to happen. It's not unfortunate, but God is permitting it to happen. So it's a battle that you're fighting that God's permitting at the same time. Now there's going to be some that will have their eyes open and they will see and they will come around to the, to the truth. Um, but most of them aren't. The Bible says many are called but few are chosen. And that it's narrow is the way which leadeth unto life eternal and few there be that find it. So we know from a biblical standpoint, unfortunately, there's only going to be a few that find this truth. And unfortunately, most of the people that are in the modern-day pseudo-Christian lukewarm church in America, the 501c3 corporate church, who has as their pastor hireling, who's doing it for the money because he has no true love of the flock, they're not getting the truth. They're not. Because if they were to preach the truth, the, con- they, you know, the congregations would just be gone the next week, probably. They'd come to an empty building. You know? That's unfortunately what we're dealing with. So... Anyway, I got off on a little rabbit trail there. Um, We'll go back to Revelation. And, um... 24. Revelation 24. And it says, And I saw thrones, and they set upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. Now this is something that was trying to be forced upon these. Um, obviously, uh, this is the exact opposite of, of what you know happened to the people that did receive They did receive the mark. These are the people that took it. Um, and they worshipped the beast and they, and they worshipped his image. But these were ones that didn't worship the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And most of them were beheaded. The souls of them were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. Now, not every single one, because when Jesus Christ comes back, not, there's not going to be every single person on the planet that's, that's gonna, um, that didn't do this is not going to be beheaded. Okay, But a lot of them will be. Probably in, I don't know, I don't, who knows what the number is going to be as far as that goes. Um, but again, we're, we're seeing here the, the two real main tenets are actually taking the mark and worshipping the beast in his image. These are the two main things that seem to be emphasized over and over and over again. So I don't believe this could be something like a smart card that you receive that's in your wallet and that can count as the mark of the beast. I just don't believe that because it goes over and over again in here saying it's got to be in the hand or in the forehead. It has to be in conjunction with worshipping the beast. Obviously it's going to be mass demonic possession, mass mind control on a global scale. And if they have you implanted with a chip that has electrical, which is an electrical device, the satellites that are in this geodesic pattern above the earth... They can, um, they're going to have that chip programmed in such a way where it's going to be able to influence thought pattern. Or, I've also heard this many times, punish you if you're a bad boy. Electrical impulses, things of this nature. These are called nanorobots. I, I did, had a couple different slides in my avian flu presentation about the nanorobots. And they're like, you know, 300 the size of a grain of salt or something. 
and they can implant these into the body. They can inject them. I mean, this may be this this technology may be in conjunction with who knows what else? Who knows what else? This is the main thing. This is the main thing that's going to damn your soul. Taking the mark of the beast. But there may be other technologies in place as well that bolster this from a technological standpoint. Uh, so I go on to say in this letter, by analyzing these verses in totality, it seems apparent that the mark will have to be received in one's forehead and hand, but nevertheless, I do not plan on getting the national ID card. It seems that the mark will be connected to the name of the beast, or the number of his name, it really, and, and the number of his name, but the actual mark is the thing that is consistently emphasized in Scripture if we examine the verses that we just looked at. Now, another condition of the mark would be that you would not be able to buy or sell without it. And in the U.S., at least initially, it will not be used for this purpose. Now, I'm in reference now to the National ID card. The National ID card, at least the way it's on the books right now, it's not going to be required to buy or sell. Now, it may make your life ultimately miserable that if you don't take it, as far as that goes, but then again, I believe God can intervene in that situation as well. Um... Because if you do things that honor God, then He's going to honor you. Okay, If you do the right thing, for the right reasons, and it's a biblical thing, then God's not just going to look down on you and, and abandon you. It doesn't work that way. So, let's see here. I'm still highly advising not to take the National ID card, and we're going to look at why I'm saying that in a second. In light of this... If we reference the verses we just talked about, the Antichrist will have to be the world ruler before the mark can be implemented. And we know from Revelation and Daniel that this takes place during the seven-year tribulation. Okay, so we're not there yet. Okay, we may be right on the cusp. Okay, World War III in the Middle East and the Antichrist takes power or any of those scenarios. That could be upon us very quickly. Uh, So, I found this other article... Um, about Michael Chertoff. Now, they're talking about him being the Attorney General now. Now, that, you talk about an evil-looking guy. Oh, man. This is an evil-looking man. And, uh, um, his, I don't know if you've seen him lately. His cheeks are, he looks like he's been in a concentration camp. His cheeks are just totally, like, hollowed out now. It's really weird-looking. I mean, he's been, like, a total transformation of his appearance. Uh, he even looks more evil now than he used to. Uh, so this is entitled Chertoff to cause all, both small and great, to get a biometric ID to get on the biometric ID bandwagon. In a real show of defiance, more than half the nation's states have passed or proposed legislation opposing the real ID in some way or another. That's great. We want that. <laughs> we want these states to do this. This plan requires issuing new federal driver's licenses for all drivers by the year 2013. Well, that's not really accurate either because it's technically supposed to start May 11th, 2008. Okay? That's what, when the national ID thing was passed, it was slated to, to start, or basically um, start on May 11th, 2008. Its full implementation is supposed to have taken place from that date to 2013. So essentially they've got, you know, almost five years to get this thing fully implemented once the legislation kicks in. This would link uh, the state driver's license databases to one huge federal database. See, they want to try to globalize everything. They want to try to take everything from a local city level to a global level. That way they can track you easier, okay? 
and there was a lot of provisions in the way our government was first set up with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and all these other things, which tried to really put a lot of the, the um, power into the local government. And they don't really want that. They want this to be federalized because that's what the Antichrist is going to want. He's going to want a one-world government, a one-world political system, a one-world currency, a one-world you know religion, the whole nine yards. So... In response to state opposition, Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff has issued a threat saying that the real ID cards would be mandatory for all, quote, federal purposes when it comes to domestic traveling in order to coerce these rebellious states into complying. Federal purposes include boarding a plane, walking into a federal building or a nuclear facility, or picnicking at one's favorite national park. This would be a federal matter. So, you know... For a lot of people, the boarding of the plane thing, I've, I've, I've heard that it's also going to be open in a bank account, quite possibly. You know, and this could, this could really start making a lot of people's lives um, harder in a lot of ways. But this is just, I hate to say it, this is just the tip of the iceberg, you know, that we're seeing here. I think we should fight it. I think we should always try to fight evil when we see it. Uh, but... And that's why it's good to expose evil, especially when it's in its when it's in its um, infancy, like the national ID card is right now. Um, if you just let something come upon you and don't do anything about it, once it's already upon you, it's much harder to deal with. So this is from this is from the uh, a website. Now this next part, nonationalid.com, www.nonationalid.com. They've got some good stuff up there. It's not all updated though. Their website. I keep going up to the website thinking. Well, they're going to have this updated, and they don't. It's the same stuff, and, and it needs to be updated a little bit more. And um, But there is some good points they bring out. The Real ID Act is a bad law passed under false pretenses. It was rejected three separate times by the U.S. Senate, and was only passed because it was added to a larger bill, bill containing disaster relief fund for Iraq. Well, this is what they do a lot. They'll, they'll, they'll put out this... 800 page bill and have this little writer somewhere in the bill that nobody pays any attention to and the senate gives a rubber stamp of approval and then it's supposedly law they do it all the time with stuff the senate didn't want it and the american people don't want it either but the republican majority leadership in congress imposed it on us and now we have to fight to get it repealed now again democrat republican you know at that level of government as corrupt as things have gotten in america you know, I, I don't I don't view them a whole lot differently. Um, the Real ID Act creates a centralized federal database of personal information about all Americans. Decisions about the exact nature and the scope of this program will be made by unelected bureaucrats in the executive branch. It seems inevitable that the biometric information and the electronic tracking tags will be included at some point. No one intends a bad use for the system today. But it is inevitable that it will be used in bad ways in the future. We are promised increased personal security in return for laying this new foundation stone for the creation of the future police state. But those who would trade freedom for security deserve neither and will have neither. Okay? Many good arguments can be made against the real ID, but they all reduce to one overpowering truth. The more information the government has, and the less it seems to know. And the less has... The more information the government has, the less it seems to know. The more power government has, the less it seems to be able to accomplish. Big government doesn't work. The federal government needs to do less in order to accomplish more. Small government 
is focus government. It's like a shotgun approach as opposed to a laser beam approach. Okay, and this is why our Constitution and the Bill of Rights and these things were set up to emphasize more local government because it's more like a laser beam approach as opposed to a federal approach, which a federal or a global approach would impose one big global will on the population. And you know the people at the top are wicked and evil. I mean, the globalists, these guys at the very top, like, you know, whoever you want to name, you know, Kofi Annan, or, or I heard Bill Clinton's going to try to be the head of the, of the UN, and they're going to try to get Hillary in as president. Can you imagine that? What, what a demonic dream team that would be, you know? So you've got all these things. And those, those very few elite at the very top, that's their ultimate goal. Um, because if we have a global government, they're going to be able to impose their will globally... And they're going to be able to pull the strings on the whole world as opposed to having to worry about individual jurisdictions and little separate governments that they don't want to deal with. They want to erase all that. That's why the Antichrist is pushing us toward this one world government that the Bible clearly predicts will happen. Uh, we need smaller government, not massive new federal identification systems. Please ask Congress to repeal the Real, Real ID Act. And I have a couple links here. You can go to www.nonationalid.com and they have a little thing that you can click on to take action as far as it's a, uh, a petition. And uh, there's another link, and I can send this information to you. Just email me. My email address is... Um, uh, in Sermons Audio, you, you can just click on the email address on the uh, web page upon which you're listening to this this uh, broadcast. Um, now, without the national ID, this particular website is saying you won't be able to drive your car because of the uh, the driver's license thing. Board a plane, train or bus. And again, I, I'm not going to go this far. I don't think they're going to be this quite draconian right off the bat. I think what Satan typically does is implement things very... Something like this, of a very controversial nature, try to implement it slowly. Now, if we had martial law this week, they may come out with some sweeping things saying, everybody's got to take this because the terrorists are, or the terrorists are coming in, we've got to have some way of identifying the terrorists. This is the excuse. And we're going to see that in a second. This is from their question and answer website. How is the national ID any different than a social security card? The answer, the social security card is not a driver's license. The national ID card will replace your driver's license. The national ID card will require all states to be linked to a federal database, forcing states to comply. This will lead to a global ID and ultimately the mark itself. See, it's, it's a step toward the mark. It's not the mark, but it's a step. And it's a big step toward the mark. Um, the national ID will be set up so that data will be available through a, quote, common machine readable technology. So that the national ID will be much more technologically advanced than the social, social security card, obviously. There's going to be a biometric identifying chip in the card, uh, kind of like the mark. Okay, the mark is probably going to have a lot more information because the mark is going to contain not only all your information, but the mark is going to contain your bank account and everything else. That's why you're not going to be able to buy or sell without it. Okay, because it's all going to be in your hand, and they're going to come along and say, "Listen, you know, you can use, you can lose your national ID card, and at that point, it might have evolved into a national ID card slash." checking card, everything. They might have it all incorporated into one at that point. But they'll say, you can use, you can lose this, but see, if we implant it in your body, you can't lose that. They're going to make it sound real nice. You know? 
And they're also going to say, well, and you know, if, if we implant it into your children and in the Alzheimer's patients, like they're already doing this over in Fort Lauderdale, they, they, they already chipped 200 Alzheimer's patients recently with a microchip. Now, it's not the mark of the beast, okay? Again, I wouldn't advise getting it. <laughs> Digital Angel Verichip, I'm pretty sure, did this. It's not the mark of the beast, but they've got these people implanted, and the reason they're doing it is if they wander out of the building and they have Alzheimer's, we'll be able to track them. They're doing. They've already done it to the pets. They, you know, get your chip on your pets. If, you, if you're, they're going to make it always sound really nice and great. Oh, now we've got this explosion of pedophiles. You got to chip your kids because if they get snatched, then we can we can track them right away. So, Satan's always going to make try to make things sound good. That's just the way he does things. So this is this is just one of the things to think about. Uh, this next question is: Will the national ID place specific requirements on banks and employers? The answer is yes. Any situation that requires the national ID under federal law will require this new national ID. The banks will require a federal ID, and this has been stated in many articles. According to a March 2006 USA Today article, Congress is working to approve a bill requiring all employers to check the ID documents against a federal database. Okay, now this would be pretty tough if you had to have one. You couldn't drive a car anymore. Can't open a bank account. Um, then we're going to talk about uh, the job, actually even having a job. If I, if I already have, then the next question is, if I already have a bank account, will I be required by the bank to use the ID to keep my bank account? We don't yet know the answer to this question. If the national ID progresses into the mark of the beast, then you can then you can be sure that the Antichrist will tighten his dragnet by making this a requirement. Will my employer require that I use the ID to keep my job? Now again, they have got up until 2013 to fully implement this on the books right now. So I'm not saying this is going to happen all tomorrow. But I'm saying the Bible says, The prudent man foreseeth the evil... And hideth himself. And the simple pass on and are punished. So if you're seeing this, this big black freight train coming, it might behoove you, especially you know if you're trying to protect your family or whatever, to start making some, maybe even looking into this a little bit further, studying this. If the Lord leads you to some type of, of, um, of situation where you might want to take action in this particular area or make provision in this particular area, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. When Jesus said... He that seeks to save his life shall lose it, but he that seeks to lose his life for my sake shall find it. When he says that, he's talking about basically a man that's wanting to hold on to the world. Like the rich man that didn't want to sell all his goods and follow Jesus. Jesus isn't going to require that of every person, but he knew that was the rich man's one thing that he wouldn't do. And if there's one thing you're not willing to give up for Jesus Christ, it's probably the very thing he's going to put you in a position where he's going to require that of you. Okay? Because he's going to test you. Like gold is refined in the fire, like silver in the furnace. Um, whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And chastening is like getting a big... It's like getting punished. It's like getting a spanking. Okay? So, um, these are things that we, we need to bear in mind. And I don't think... Um, I think the Lord's showing us all this information for a reason. You know? Now, some people, he may say, no... My grace is sufficient, you know, these types of things. But it's just something to pray about at bare minimum. Because we see this coming. And um, it's evil. It's totally evil. Then the next question is, will my employer require that I use this ID to keep my job? And 
article and answer, this is the answer, an article in the USA Today stated that the government is working on a bill to require every employer to check all employee identification documents against a federal database. What federal database will this be? The one they are going to create by mandating that every state hook its Bureau of Motor Vehicles database to that of the other 49 states. This is one of the key provisions of the Real ID Act. So yes, see again, Eventually, all of this is going to happen. Every bit of you're not going to have a bank account. You're not going to be able to um, to uh, have a driver's license. You're not going to be able to hold a job. And eventually, it's going to get so bad you're not going to be able to buy or sell. But it's going to be incremental. Is the point I'm trying to make here? Okay. Um, then the next question. I want to help spread the world, but I'm but I'm shy. How can I make a difference? And then they've got it says purchase our new DVD. It's called Six Six Six. How close? End of quote. Yeah. Um, anyone who purchases this DVD has end time permission to reproduce the DVD as much as you need to and distribute it to as many people as you can, which is very cool. Um, so many of the times, these ministries, it's like, we have a copyright. Don't you dare copy or paste anything out of this article, or we'll get you. Oh, is God leading you to put that disclaimer in your in your article? I give everything I have away for free on the internet. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm perfect or I'm like the, the gold standard, but I think that if God shows me something, the Bible says, freely have you received, freely give. To whom much is given, much is required. There's a lot of these ministries that are up there that are putting out this great information that I can't copy or paste any of it. Because I'm under copyright. Infringement. What are they going to do? Sue me? Well, the Bible says not to bring your brother, to not to sue your brother. <laughs> so... I kind of get mad when I hear that, but it's it's. I think it's cool that they're actually saying, yes, reproduce this video, give it out to as many people as you want, and it costs some money to make a DVD, and I think they should be, I don't know what it costs, if it's 10 or $20, I have no idea, but you can take this thing, and you can reproduce it, and you can get the truth out, and that would fall under the category of Ezekiel 3 and Ezekiel 33, where the Bible talks about the watchmen. If the watchmen see the sword coming and warn not the city, then, then when the city dies, their blood will be required at the watchman's hand. So if you're shown something, then you have a responsibility at that point. As the Lord leads, I'm not saying He's going to have you out in a street corner throwing DVDs to everyone, because it's not like that, okay? Jesus didn't do that. He didn't, you know, it wasn't like He was going up to every single person and, and, and having to deal with every single person that he ever interacted with. There were certain people that he dealt with, and, and obviously, he had the spirit without measure, is what the Bible says. Okay, so Jesus is the only person ever mentioned in the Bible that it said, had the Holy Spirit without measure. So he was led of the Lord in, in the best possible way. However the Lord leads you is, I guess, the point I'm trying to make here in regard to this. And this is one tool that you could use. Uh, I do a lot of stuff up on the internet. Uh, it says here, you can reproduce it, distribute it as many people as you can. You can hand the DVD to someone, and it will do the teaching and explaining for you. So if you are a low-key or a shy person, or if the Lord leads you that, and I am, I'm definitely that way. Um, you can hand them a DVD. Hey, it's between them and, and the Lord at that point. Then it says, um, some people do not have internet access. What if they want to take the no national ID pledge? And uh, you can actually go up there and download and print off this pledge sheet and give it to other people too as well, and they can mail it in. Now, the last part of this is the, uh, this is this article, this full article of Michael Chertoff. 
which is entitled Chirtov to punish the states that won't get the real I- get on the Real ID Act um, bandwagon. Department of Homeland Security Chief Michael Chirtov is threatening states that don't care to comply with the Real ID Act passed in 2005, which increased domestic traveling restrictions for their citizens. In a real show of defiance, more than half the nation's states have passed or proposed legislation opposing the Real ID. Uh, we've already talked about that. In response to state opposition, Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff has issued a threat saying that the Real ID cards would be mandatory for all federal purposes when it comes to domestic traveling in order to coerce these rebellious states into complying. Federal purposes include boarding the plane, walking into a federal building, picnicking in one's favorite national park, and I believe it goes beyond that as well because we've already talked about some other things. In a speech last week to the National Conference of the State Legislature in Boston, Chertoff said citizens in states that don't comply with the new rules will have to use passports for federal purposes. I could live with that. Now, just remember, though, if you get a federal, if you get a, a, a passport now, they've already got these things chipped. I don't know if you knew that. They're already chipping the passports. So bear that in mind about that because um, they're already chipped. So they can track you just having a passport in your possession. I've also heard about various and sundry ways that these chips can be deactivated, but you didn't hear that from me. Anyway, you might just want to do an internet keyword search on that. So anyway, they've got that going on now with the uh, with the passports. Uh, passports, actually, just for your own edification, are a much more secure way to conduct your business. Okay. Typically, um, the passport I have in particular, it doesn't have my home address on it or anything like that. Uh, it's better for you hear this, this big thing now of identity theft, identity theft, identity theft. Passports are a more secure way to do business. As far as if you have to show identification, if I go to a bank, that's what I use. I don't use, I don't, I don't use a driver's license at all. Okay, if I, if I can get away with it, I don't. Okay, for federal, for, for I, and if they ask you about it, just say I'm concerned about... Um, I'm concerned about uh, ID theft or whatever, and this is a more secure way to uh, to do that. And, and if you say that, they, they back right off because everybody's familiar now with the whole um, identity theft thing going on. And they've got now they've got huge commercials on the TV where it talks about you know um, this company can protect you from identity theft. I saw one yes a couple of days ago. This company can protect you from identity theft, and um, if if anything happens to you in regard to you losing money, we'll cover you up to a million dollars. They've got things now in the credit card offers where, you know, if we'll, we'll secure your, your balance or whatever, whatever you owe in the event something would happen to you or if you had your identity stolen, you know, 79 cents per $100 per month. We're talking if you had a big balance in your credit card, that'd be a lot of money. <laughs> so, but they've got all these things going on now. Uh, Let's see here. Chertoff went on to say that the cards are essential to the national security because there are presently 8,000 types of identification accepted to enter the United States. For terrorists, he said, this is Chertoff speaking, travel documents are like weapons. It's simply unreasonable to expect our border inspectors to be able to, to detect forgeries on documents that range from baptismal certificates from small towns in Texas to cards that purport to reflect citizenship privileges in a province somewhere in Canada. He said, of course, it's un, 
he said. And then this goes on to say, of course it's unreasonable for border inspectors to accept over 8,000 types of IDs. Those suspected of faked or forged documents shouldn't be allowed into our country in the first place. But he's not really talking about the people in Texas or Canada. Um, the whole point here is that we don't even have a fence up on our border for the vast, vast majority. We let the illegal aliens basically come across unchecked. And they're, they're going to use that argument to talk about a national ID thing when they're letting all the, the uh, so many illegal immigrants come across the borders unchecked. They come into this country, they start working, they have forged documents, or they don't have any documents, and they're working, and we're not kicking them out. Doesn't make any sense to me. If we're so worried about terrorists, why don't why don't they at least seal the borders or do something? And I'm not talking about you know I I don't want to live in a Big Brother police state here, but <laughs> there's so much double mindedness going on here. They're saying one thing and doing another constantly. But that's just what you see. See, God says the, the word of the Lord says that God is not the author of confusion. And so much of this is confusion because they say one thing one day and another thing the next. These demonically possessed politicians. This goes on to say, since when has boarding a plane or a commercial airliner become a federal purpose? When is going on a picnic on land supposedly belonging to all taxpayers a federal purpose? Imagine going to a national park. Oh, this is federal, ma'am. Sorry. Show me your papers, please. Like it was in Nazi Germany. Is visiting a nuclear power plant owned by a private company also a federal purpose? Now, that's one I probably wouldn't have a problem with. You know, hey, I don't go to too many nuclear power plants. I mean, I don't know. But I could live with maybe that. But, you know, this whole thing about boarding the planes and all these other things is getting out of control. Because the Real ID Act falls under the Department of Homeland Security, which is like the modern-day Gestapo, there is literally no legislation, legislative oversight. See, these Homeland Security has nobody to police them. They're just an entity in and of themselves. Nobody polices us. We're Homeland Security. Okay. The, the Department of Homeland Security assumes total control. So it would be like the fox policing himself. Not even guarding the hen house. He's, the fox is in charge of guarding himself. He's going to make sure he's a good fox. And he's never going to do anything bad. And he'll give you his word on it. Give me a break. This is a direct frontal assault on our civil liberties and on the state's rights as well and an early indication of just how far Chertoff and his cohorts will go in order to make Americans surrender their liberties in exchange for a false sense of security. So that's the end of part one of our Bible study today, and we'll go directly to part two now.